Hello, and welcome to episode number 52 of the Connect2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hi, Jeff. Marcus, how are you? Great. One year. Yeah, that's right. Season finale for this season. We'll go to a season two and we'll restart the clock. Is that right? Is that what we're going to do? We're yeah, we're going to do a season, season two, two episode one. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so one fifty-fourth of my life has been spent doing this uh, podcast. One fifty? No, no, of my life. So I'm fifty-four, and we've done oh. it for a year. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, that's amazing. It is. When you think about it, what is that? Two uh, percent. <laughs> it's close to it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I never checked the stats, so I don't know how many people we've had for downloads. Uh, I haven't looked yet either, but I know we were we were. Getting close. Scooching up on a thousand, which is kind of amazing, really. Yeah. Because, you know, what a bunch of nonsense we, we talk about every week. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy it, but uh, apparently it's not a thousand people have listened to it. So, but not my wife yet, though. <laughs> but not my wife either. She's tried. She's tried. She's downloaded a few episodes. I know. Then... I know one person who actually does listen to our podcast regularly. And who's that? Well, so, um, uh, Andrea. Oh, right. And then so my shout friend, out to Andrea. Yeah. And my friend Pete is still uh, enjoying it. So uh, author of our, our uh, theme music. Yes. Yeah. So ah, it'll continue to grow. These things, uh, it's organic. It takes a long time. It does. So. We have a treat today. Very tasty. We have two muffins, uh, one chocolate mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. one, some sort of pecan thing. Good. Uh, from Mill Creek Cafe, not a sponsor. <laughs> not yet, anyways. And today we have some unusual coffee. Unusual coffee? I haven't tried it yet. Mm-hmm. So, what makes it unusual? It's not from my roaster's pack. Oh. Is this not the, these are not the beans that come out of a monkey's butt, are they? No. Okay, good. Those are called servet. Servet? Uh, anyway. It's not a monkey. It's a. It's more like a, a mink. <laughs> okay. Anyway, there's there's a whole controversy about that. It, doesn't make it any better. <laughs> it's like a servant or something like that. Anyway, um, no. So this is from a roaster from Bonavista, Newfoundland. Ah, right. Because you were just away. Yeah. So this uh, is called. The Long Beach, it's a blend of in-season coffees, roasted to medium. Tastes like cocoa, malt, blood orange. Mm. It's from Burundi and Costa Rica. So this, uh, And it's a washed processing technique. Yep. And uh, it's quite tasty. What's interesting about it is uh, Bonavista is about as far away as you could imagine getting from coffee roasting. It's a small community of like... 5,000 people on a peninsula on Newfoundland. It's kind of a, it's kind of a fishing town. Mm. It has only a handful of restaurants, barely. (laughs) And um, most of them were closed when I went (laughs) because I've discovered. So one of the things I learned is in Newfoundland, um, don't go before the long weekend in May. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because a lot of it's closed. The whole province, pretty much, yeah. Wow. So all the uh, all the national parks, all the provincial parks, <laughs> all the, uh, the there's lots to do. But the problem is if you go to some of these more remote communities, like 
restaurants are not open and stuff like that. So you have a real struggle and not all, uh, not all the communities are really geared towards the infrastructure you need for tourists, mm -hmm. which, uh, which is like a place to eat <laughs> or a place to stay. So the, the hotel we stayed at in Bonavista it had just opened, really? but the restaurant associated with it was not opening for another couple of weeks. So interesting, yeah, hard to imagine a place that is not totally geared in their singular purpose to uh, commerce. Yeah, like, <laughs> like okay, you got this. They're like, no, you we got just this fish. property in this building, and you close it down. So there's this. Um, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's mm. let's uh, let's do the dad joke. Got a dad joke? I have two. The two Star Trek dad jokes. Oh, awesome! <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just eating here. Why did Mister Worf change the color of his hair? I don't know. It was a good day to die. Oh man. <laughs> What All is right. Benjamin Sisko's least favorite TV show? I have no idea. Keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are good. Yeah. Uh, two guys walk into a bar. Third one ducks. Well, third one what? Ducks. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. How do you yeah. how do you uh, make holy water? I don't know. You boil the hell out of it. Oh my goodness. That's like making antifreeze. Hide or nighty. <laughs> what? How do you make antifreeze? You hide or nighty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, uh, the, one of the things I learned is that in Newfoundland, uh, I mean, it's a small place. So, Bonavista, where um, the coffee's from, mm -hmm. tiny community, like holy smoke, but they have a coffee company. And they roast right. their own beans. They import the beans. They ha they were originally planning on meeting the farmers and buying directly. Mm -hmm. But um, the pandemic hit and kind of put the kibosh on that. So right. they're relying on a third party to uh, to import the beans. But right. pretty good coffee. Yeah, it's very tasty. Yeah. Amazing. So do they ship all across country? I believe you can order them and they will ship. Mm. So, um, uh, but so one of the, so I was mentioning there's a, there's a good restaurant in, in, uh, in Bonavista called the Bonavista Social Club. Okay. Which is a play on a, um, a musical, uh, musical, uh, album that was put together by, who is the guitarist? Anyway, it's, uh, um, it was called Bonavista Social Club, and it was a bunch of these different uh, Cuban uh, players. Mm. And, uh, they right. And, and um, anyway, so this is Bonavista. It's spelled a little bit different. Right, not Bonavista. But the thing that's interesting about it, it, it's highly recommended kind of a place to go in Bonavista. Except when we arrive, it was closed in reverse. So... The woman that ran it and made it a success had mm -hmm. closed it because she's um, she's going to uh, BC to work like in some camp or something, cooking or whatever. So she had to close her business down for the duration of the summer. So it kind of, it's you know, it's not for tourists. But anyway, and Bonavista is not super touristy. 
We went to another place called Twilling Gate, which is a lot more touristy. It had a bit more of that infrastructure there. Mm. Got a good coffee there, too. Mm, interesting. Anyway, uh, what else did I learn? Um, I learned about icebergs. So just off the coast of Newfoundland, they oh, yeah. have this thing called Iceberg Alley. So these icebergs right. will calve off of glaciers in Greenland. Um, what I didn't appreciate is that it's different every year. So last year they had no icebergs. Really? This year they have some, but not a ton. It's still pretty early in the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 2017, they had hundreds of them. You had to, if you were navigating, you were going in between. You have to, they were like pylons. And they move. And they're dangerous to get too close to because they'll crack and... Oh, and uh, roll and do all kinds of stuff. So you got to right. be super careful. And they're huge. Like, yeah, because 90% of them are below. That's right. The, the, the water. Line. Exactly. Uh, if you like see an one and it's fairly large and we saw one that was, the, the guy described it as a medium size. So pretty substantial though. Okay. But yeah. it would be like hundreds of tons. Interesting. So pretty fascinating. Not to be trifled with. But uh, there's like a Newfoundland iceberg tracker, which is kind of a crowdsourced photos for a location. It looks on the surface like this is the place to go. It's not. There is a Facebook group uh, for Newfoundland icebergs. Now, that is the place to go to find out if there's icebergs. So if you ever intend to go to Newfoundland and want to find out if they're having icebergs, it's kind of the thing to do. Uh, I think you, you can. it can be there one night and gone the next, though. So... Uh, interesting it's, uh, so they do float away yeah so we were fortunate when we were in Twillingate there was one that had uh, uh, grounded itself oh yeah so it was going to stick around for a bit but it was it there was the only one yeah that I guess was that's in that an interesting area. you'd have question. to go would have to drive for another three hours to find yeah that's an interesting question I, I presume they float down towards the southern they kind of come and, and smash up against melt the, the, the coastline yeah but if they get back out into the current, they'll move about three or four knots, just floating down. Right. That is a lot of weight. Yeah. But ultimately, I guess they just melt away, right? Eventually. They yeah. go down into the yep. near apparently the equator. It, Interesting. It takes, uh, takes a fair bit of time. For I imagine. Now. Yeah. Just that, uh, like a form of thermal inertia. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, the water's still pretty cold there. Yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, even, yeah, comparatively speaking. Well, I learned something that I found fascinating, and it's about numbers. Okay. And uh, but you can relate it to something that I think we all have experience with, which is a deck of cards. And so, it's this concept of fifty-two factorial. Which, by the way, our fifty-second episode. So, see, it's all Perfect. it's all coming together, right? So, you know, like a, a mathematical factorial, mm-hmm. right? fifty-two times fifty-one, all the way down to. One mm-hmm. is uh, eight to the uh, power of sixty-seven, so it's eight with sixty-seven zeros after it. It's even. Well, then maybe it's it's a rounding error, but the point here is the sixty-seven zeros, right? So when you start putting that in a context, they postulate that in the history of the universe so far. Uh, Nobody has had the same random combination of cards come up twice. Like, it's mathematically impossible. What do you mean? Like So if you shuffle 52 cards mm-hmm. and just 
put them out in in sequence mm-hmm. there are so many potential combinations that it's never happened twice in the history of the universe and to to give context to it to compare it they were saying so if you took like all the grains of sand on the planet and you marked one grain of sand with uh, some way to identify it right and then sort of threw it back into the to the grade um that would be about something something to the to the power of 21 that's how many grains of sand there are on the planet right so you have a more of a probability of going out and finding your grain of sand at random than you would have having the cards come up twice the same way from all 52 and then they said even better if we took the atoms that make up the planet earth take all of the matter any you know with with uh um, we can estimate this based on atomic weight and moles and all that. It comes out to something like to the power of 47. So whatever plus 47 zeros, which is still like basically zero compared to once you add another 20 some odd zeros. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had, if you could mark an atom and randomly look for it, I mean, it would take you, you know, a zillion years, but you'd have a higher probability by a lot of finding your, your atom than you would of those cards. And it just totally blew my mind. Unless some of these are really bad shuffler. Well, yes. So it's a theoretical, it's a mathematical um, exercise mm-hmm. in that assuming perfect shuffling, you will never, I mean, I guess it could come up mm-hmm. just randomly. You might get, but that would be such a lucky day. You should a be lucky able. fluke, you know, like way beyond like a coin landing on its edge or, or any of these other, you know, randomized things. So that just blew my mind. Interesting. You know? Yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. Cause it's just a deck of cards, right? Yeah. And you not... think it's so counterintuitive. You think, yeah, I'm sure it comes up all the time. Right. Same sequence. Nope. Hmm. Interesting. You said there were two things you learned. Uh, yeah. What the hell was the other thing? I can't remember now. <laughs> I think I'm getting old. <laughs> The other day I was looking for, I was holding something in my hand. I was getting agitated because I couldn't find it. And then I realized it was in my hand. Like, oh, man. Oh, I need to go sit down. Um, I can't remember what the other thing I learned was. I learned. Um, Maybe it'll come back to me. Traveling, you need masking for a very long time is a very difficult thing to do. So in all the airports in Canada, you need to wear a mask. Well, you're supposed to. Apparently in Edmonton, some people don't. I'm sure worse than calgary uh <laughs> but um but pretty much everywhere else once people walked in the door they just slapped on the mask and well we were in vancouver you know yeah like people just doing what they got to do yeah it's yeah. just like these are the rules follow the rules i'm sure the u.s has got like depending on which state yeah, yeah. i guess the other thing i learned would be like the unpredictability of our of our provincial political oh my God. landscape. <laughs> I quit. Just kidding. Yeah. Not, not quite yet. I'm not really quitting. Are you really quitting? Well, maybe. Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. Are those right. your fingers crossed behind your back, Jason Kenny? <laughs> Somebody said the guy couldn't step on a rake without screwing it up. <laughs> Well, so I, look at look at uh, billionaires tweeting. Oh my god! Like, Elon oh Musk. hey, he's in trouble, eh? 
He's in big trouble. Big well, he well, there's a, this, this there's this sexual uh, thing, yeah, that's come out, and well, now it's come out because he let it out. So he's right. got this NDA that they're not supposed to disclose it. So he decided to disclose it. Yeah, and now they're turning out. They say that might be why he's positioning himself with the Republicans. Well, and then the whole, and so, now he might be held to his deal, right? Because he signed. Well, his deal has got like two or... parts to it, right? It's like right. a $1 billion, I'm not doing it, or a $44 million, I'm definitely doing it. Right. But apparently, like, Tesla has lost more in value mm-hmm. since he did the initial offer than the total value that he's offered for for uh, for the Twitter shares. Oh, quite a bit more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there was a, there's a call, I guess. What goes on in people's heads, There's like a threshold. So when he bid, I think it was like 11 or $1,200. It was for a share of Tesla. But because he's margining his borrowing against against his Tesla shares, there was a caveat that if it fell below $790 a share, um, he would have to sell Tesla shares and he would have to, uh, uh, he'd have to come up with the cash. And apparently like this past week, he was, uh, Tesla was down to 740. So it was well below the threshold. So he's in trouble. Yep. And yet <clears throat> I read that Tesla is doing amazing. Like in terms of their, they've been able to ramp up productivity in, in a way that, uh, you know, people just didn't think they would. So mm-hmm. once you take their, they have a Chinese factory, and then there's one in Germany, I think. Yeah, yeah. They are just cranking out cars, like, like at a phenomenal rate. Like, they're beating... Apparently, there's some there's some uh, some quality control issues in terms of... Eh, every now and then, one catches on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you know, and, and I, I find it interesting. So, I mean, Tesla is putting in these unusual features in their vehicles to... Make them look sexy and cool yeah. or whatever. Like these handles that you have to, when you get close, they pop out, but they're flush. Right, they're right, right, right. Which looks pretty cool, except if you live in someplace like Alberta, northern Alberta, where um, those would freeze. Yep. And then you can't get in. <laughs> well. I've had lots yeah. of door handles freeze. And they, not ones that are flush. So um, yeah. maybe they should ha- uh, hire Johnny Ives there from Apple. <laughs> Didn't he leave Apple? Had a falling out with Tim Cook. I think so. Yeah. I think they were. Uh, so uh, I'm my sure he's kicking around. I heard an interesting interview uh, about Tim Cook and uh, it's, it's Johnny Ives, right? Yeah. And um, and basically, when Steve Jobs was around, he was kind of like the balance. Oh, and the mediator right. between these two. Interesting. And um, Tim Cor- Cook is the logist- logistician? logistician. Right. The guy, he's about making it and practical, but not yeah. super visionary in terms of the product. Sure. And uh, Johnny Ives is the opposite. He's the designer. He's the yeah. designer, not super practical about where you're going to source this chip or that. Sure. Or whatever. And, uh, the perfect combination if you can keep them together. in balance. Yeah. yeah. So apparently uh, Steve Jobs achieved that balance, whereas Tim Cook is not. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, I'll do it. <laughs> um, so today's episode, we're talking about the most 
dangerous thing you've ever done? Most dangerous thing I've ever done. Yeah, you hit me with this this morning, and uh, I've been thinking about it. And I think as we both joked, it's like, huh, maybe I don't live as much of an exciting life as I thought I did. Damn. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's exactly what I was coming to the realization, that I don't seek danger. Yes. And uh, I think in particular, as I've gotten older, I've probably even reduced my affinity. There is. Oh, I think that's probably pretty, pretty, pretty standard. People, uh, uh, yes, you have less time on the board, it becomes more valuable. So I, uh, I was thinking about this in terms of a couple of different ways of looking at the problem or the question. Um, so there's kind of the boring one, which yeah. is, uh, which is. Um, the most dangerous thing you can do is the thing that almost everybody does every day, which is get into their car and drive somewhere. Mm. It is incredibly dangerous. Right. Uh, it is much more dangerous than people are willing to think about or accept. Right. Um, it's it's more dangerous than That's smoking. That's why I always smoking, close my, keep my dangerous. eyes closed when I'm driving. So <laughs> I, I, I feel safer. Well, and there's things you can do to make it worse. You can text while you're driving. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. But but that's that's kind of the mundane. Right. Uh, then there's kind of um, there's kind of physical danger, and then mm. there's maybe you know financial danger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then there might uh, be emotional danger. Emotional danger. Right. Yeah. So uh, so I was thinking that uh, for me the physical danger, the most dangerous thing I've ever done was quite some time ago, probably around 2000, so maybe 20 years ago. Okay. Um, I was visiting, um, we went to Portugal to visit, uh, well, to visit my family. While I was there, my dad's best friend, Ferreira, was, uh, was there. We stayed at his place in Cascais. And um, I had, so when, when we lived in Montreal, my mother mm -hmm. and father uh, got a good friend to be my god, godparent, godmother. Mm -hmm. uh, her name was uh, Dr. Maria Pratish. And okay. uh, she moved back from Montreal to Evra. And um, we, um, when we were in Portugal, I contacted her to see her because I hadn't seen her for probably 30 years at least, maybe longer. Okay. And um, just to, to, to see. And her husband said, I'll come pick you up. We'll go for a weekend. Come to Evra. And that's in Portugal. That's in Portugal. So yeah. that's kind of in the interior of Portugal. Okay. And so he came and picked us up. He was driving like a Mitsubishi eclipse like yeah. a, a but a super sported up version so it's very small hatchback and then there was uh and uh so so there was my wife there was me Ferrera, and dr pratish and that would have been like four people four seats okay and then we go and we pick up his daughter so there was so she was sitting on the hump in between the two really tiny back seats sure and then we went and drove to Evra, which is on 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 Europe's most dangerous highway. Okay. It's between Lisbon and Evra, and um, probably with the most dangerous driver I have ever driven with. <laughs> he, um, uh, he was totally under control. 
He was driving. <laughs> he was playing chicken. Like it, it's quite a dangerous highway. Right. It was just after dusk, so it was dark. Um, and he was going at insane speeds, and um, he only got passed by one Porsche the whole trip, and wow. he was trying to prevent that Porsche from from uh, passing, pa- passing us. And uh, <laughs> um, like it was, Ego. it was unbelievably stressful. When when we finally arrived in Evra, my wife jumped out of the car. <laughs> And once Dr. Pratish, this is Dr. Antonio Pratish was away. Yeah. Um, she turned around and she said, I'm not getting in that effing car with that effing madman. I don't care what you guys are doing. I'm never getting in that car again with that guy. I'm taking the bus back. And um, and both Ferrer and I turned to each other and said, yep, that sounds good. And, uh, <laughs> and t- just to... To That's put not the, an unreasonable position. To put the exclamation point. Wow. He died the following year on that highway. In a car accident. In a car accident. There you go. That he caused. Unexpected. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I think, yeah, I, was, I think that's probably the most dangerous and the most terrified I've ever been in, in a vehicle. Yeah. Um, yeah, what about you? Uh, it just came to me. I don't think we considered it dangerous at the time yeah, there's so many like there's so many potential stories of, of childhood and you mentioned automobiles getting into cars with people who uh when you think back on it now it's like boy that was pretty stupid that that person was in no shape to drive either emotionally like maturity wise or sometimes physically but i was just thinking so in late nine late 90s paulette and i my wife went to kenya Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course we went on a safari. Now she'd gone a couple of weeks before she, she was there on a corporate thing with Starbucks and she'd gone on this, like, you know, all expenses paid, you know, five star safari. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then when we were there, we wanted to go as well on another one for me, my first, and we weren't doing five stars. So we booked something <laughs> through Twiga, safari. Twiga tours, you know, really nice people. And uh, so we're out in the middle of the Serengeti and it's just her and I uh, on this particular tour and our driver, obviously Jackson, I remember really nice guy, but we're in this old beat up a Toyota. Uh, they used to have like a minivan kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And it, the, the, the roof is cut out so you can pop your head up and, and look around, you know, uh, where she'd been in Land Rovers and there was two of them and we're out in the middle of this by ourselves with our guy and, uh, you know, having a great time, except at one point, um, something mechanically made a weird noise and a part fell off out of the transmission or something. It does not sound and good. so we're now in the middle of the Serengeti and yeah, there's other, you see other tours, but like at a distance, right? Mm-hmm. There's no set route. So, and, uh, this vehicle is stuck. Like we're not going anywhere. And I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. There's, and there's, that's a lion. That's a, you know, that's a, that's a hippo. That's a rhinoceros. And he said, I, I, I have to go get the part. And it was maybe a hundred feet behind because the car had carried on a bit after this thing fell out, you know? And so he's like, uh, I'm a very fast runner. And we're like, okay. Oh my. He goes, so I'm going to have to run. And what happens get, if he doesn't make it back? This part. And, in, and he's like, 
with his African accent, he basically says, please, if you see something coming, yell. Uh, yell. <laughs> we're like, fuck, yes, we're going to yell. So sure enough, this guy takes off like a shot, right? Through the, I mean, it's open um, grasslands, so we yeah, can yeah. see them. It's not like wooded or anything. And there's hyenas. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy wild animals. And he like, boom, right? Grabs his part, turns around, whew, comes back at 100 miles an hour. Nothing got him. And then he has to crawl under the vehicle and, and put this thing back on so that we can get the hell out of there. Oh, my. So at the time, it was like, that was awesome. But you now I realize, yeah, that was pretty stupid. I mean. If he got eaten by a, if he got a lion eaten, or something, now it's up to you and Paulette to like. Flag somebody down, right? Yeah, Hello. Like, <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, that could have turned out. And this is like 1997, 98. There's no cell phones. I mean, even if we'd had, I think we had cell phones back home, but you're in the middle of Serengeti. There's no cell phone coverage, no. you know, outside of, outside of, uh, there's no Starlink. Uh, yeah. Like maybe the main cities mm -hmm. definitely had cell phones. So we were like, yeah, that was, uh, that was actually pretty scary, but you know what? It all worked out. He made it back, put the piece back on. We got back on the road and it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the, uh, so, uh, in terms of dangerous things that, so I thought about the financial ones. Oh. So I think the m most dangerous thing I ever did was when I quit my job to start my own business. Um, and more specifically, when I hired my first employee. Oh, yes. Because all of a sudden there is a huge burden to sort of say, okay, uh, because this was, the, so I hired Mike Peck. It was his first, like he had been working for me. He came over right from his from where we were working and you know i committed to making sure he can pay his rent that's and right eat yep. and all that stuff and uh i had a little bit of uh financial cushion but not an awful lot and right. um and, and i did not realize that it would be two years before i actually took home a paycheck yeah i mean i i did i did on on paper collect wages i paid taxes on money that i never took out yeah but um that was a big that that was a big financial risk <laughs> and i guess the other financial risk i ever did was you know deciding to retire at 55 so pretty young yeah and um you know you, you never know how long you're gonna live right but um you know when you look at my father-in-law who lived to 92 or 93 that is a long time. That's so, longer. That if if I live that long, it will be longer than I worked. For. Than you worked, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I I feel like right now, uh, <laughs> because my business is not where I want it to be. This is my biggest financial risk time, and my <laughs> okay. wife is transitioning out of what she want. You know, she's been doing, which was legal practice, into something else. So we're yeah, we're quite feeling the it's reality. Closed. And fifty four is not a great. Uh, you know, great time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I suppose I could find a job if I absolutely had to, mm -hmm. but I look around and I see a lot of people in their fifties who are struggling to, uh, you know, make ends meet. Uh, well, they've been laid off. And yeah. I mean, the only, I guess, reason I feel reasonably okay is because I've been self-employed for so long. It's a bit of a different mindset, right? Well, people I think who've had a 30 year job and think, well, I'm good. And then, boom gone right they're like thrown out into the 
So after you've done this enough, it's like, yeah, I could do whatever. I'd kill people if I had to, you know. I mean, <laughs> well, when you're in your fifties, I think you have a ton of experience, right? Yeah. So you've seen a lot of stuff. So, so I've seen some shit, man. But um, but your brain doesn't fire quite as quickly as it did when you were like twenty. Yeah, true. But when you're twenty, you don't. When know you're anything. twenty, you don't know anything. That's right. So um, when you're fifty, you know lots. But you're not as quick on the Rubik's Cube as you would have been uh, yeah. when you Although I think that's why if you're moving into uh, things that require more wisdom, you'll probably be okay. Yeah, but but <laughs> but I, I think what ends up happening is the, that uh, there is an unappreciation for experience, certainly yes. in the current economic climate. Yep. And uh, so, you know, and, you know, it's tough for some people to, in their 50, to start all of a sudden reporting to somebody in their 20s. Yeah. Like, that's a that's a hard pill to swallow. That's true. Well, I think that's maybe one of the big uh, barriers, uh, which, again, I think, having been an entrepreneur, self-employed, I don't have so much of that. Right. Uh, pride mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better word because you do what you got to do right yeah exactly and like when you're trying to sell yourself you don't, you don't and, care who's coming to hire you it's yeah just they're coming to hire you but i can see somebody who's been in a position of of respect and authority and it's just a different mindset right you have an expectation like we have people we know who yeah they're looking for they're looking to try to replace the the status and the position that they had mm-hmm and that's probably not going to happen, right? Well, so it's a, bit got, of, it's a bit of a bitter pill to swallow. Well, and right now, I mean, there's lots of changes in the marketplace. There's mergers oh, and acquisitions. Are, yeah. So positions become redundant. Right. And But at the same time, when you look at how ineffective so many things are, it's a total opportunity. Yeah. If somebody just can put their fears aside and actually create value. Yeah. Uh, because let's be honest, um, Certainly, I think in big corporations, there's a lot of biases. But if you're working, if you can find clients and you can create value for them, like let's say business owners, they don't give a shit if you're old or like they're much more pragmatic. You're That's like, true. Oh, you can do a thing that I need done for me and, and effectively, yeah. boom, yeah, right? Exactly. Uh, but there's that barrier of, hey, I was director or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, I want to go back and find that kind of prestige. And yeah, companies are like, yeah, no, that's just over. <laughs> and then most dangerous emotional thing, um, without getting into too much detail, a couple, 10 years ago, I sat my parents down in a psychologist's office and kind of laid out a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. really honestly, uh, hoping and expecting that that would somehow, you know, crack a, a, an emotional barrier. And it did not. Oh. And I was then left hanging kind of. Yeah. So I think that's probably the most emotionally dangerous thing that I've done. I think the most emotionally dangerous thing I've done was when I committed, when I, you know, asked my wife to marry me. Oh, and, uh, kind of, uh, and it worked out great. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. Although adopting a child is pretty emotionally brave too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely so, that was definitely a, a big step, especially considering that we didn't really have a lot of friends at the time that had kids, yeah. and um, didn't really know much about kids. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody really like we didn't know anything about kids. No, but if you have if you have friends, 
with yeah. kids. You kind of get a sense of what's involved. And sure. I had no idea. Or if you have a sibling, like we didn't have siblings either Paul or I, so no nieces and nephews. And so really no idea. Yeah. Right. And uh, so you get a book. <laughs> what to yeah. expect. What to expect when you're expecting. This, that, the other yeah. thing. Now I need one that says what to expect when you have a 12 year old. Exactly. <laughs> or a 14 year old. Um, okay. okay. That's our dangerous episode. That's right. We're, uh, you know, uh, not Sorry exactly to disappoint a you. cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. This is our season finale. So we should have a damn well have a cliffhanger. You know what? As soon as I'm, we're done here, I'm going to Ukraine. <laughs> oh my God. Become one of the militia guys. That sounds pretty dangerous. Oh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds I, like I just, uh, I can't fathom. Like, I understand people that live there, that they're defending their homeland and they can't leave yeah. and all kinds well, of Well, there's stuff. a fair, fair amount of Americans uh, and people from other countries. See, the thing there, I think, is if if you come out of that life, yeah. like if you were uh, especially beyond just regular infantry or like if you were special forces or anything kind of, how are you going to replace that in your day-to-day life? You yeah. know, you, you come out of the forces. I mean, I, I think some people do it. You go work at McDonald's. But there's a number of like, folks who would I you can like see, fries with that? Yeah. I can see why some of them go back to it in yeah. some respect, right? Exactly. They get into like security companies or because yeah, working at McDonald's or you go, I'm going to go sell insurance now. Yeah. It would just be such a, um, such a big adrenaline reduction. Yeah. Well, that's why that movie, nobody with, uh, Oh, with uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk yeah. was really fun because yeah. that's exactly kind of the premise, right? Yeah. And he's got that famous line about, I might have overcorrected a little. <laughs> <laughs> with the six guys he's killed sitting on his couch. <laughs> well, let's talk about media. Media. So you finally saw Doctor Strange? I saw Doctor Strange, duh. Yeah, the um, multiverse, multiverse of madness. Enjoyed it. I really like the fact that uh, in the original trailers, and, and more recently the trailers are giving it more away. But right. uh, but early on, it did not who the bad per, who the bad guy is yep. was remained shrouded in mystery. Exactly, and some of the there's there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, I, uh, again, I we won't it. give any spoilers away for those who like my. My family hasn't seen it yet. Oh, they're waiting for Disney Plus, I think. It's okay. They're not going to listen to so, this. But it's yeah, they're not gonna listen <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No, I thought it was good. It had some really good uh, good stuff. It was not the best MCU movie. No. But like I was saying before, I think you got to look at the MCU in its totality and see that some of them are filler or puzzle or, or linking kind mm-hmm. of stories. And it's like, oh, because we did this, it introduces blah, 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 blah. And they're getting that payoff way down the road, which I think is pretty brave well, for I mean, a it, studio it, to do. It, it sure know? looked like with um, after the end of No Way Home from Spider-Man, that that was going to set up what was going on with Doctor Strange. And it didn't. No. It basically uh, had nothing to do with it at exactly. all. Exactly. And yeah. it uh, it sure set, looked like it was. That's and then right. it just was No. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, I've been watching Ozark. Oh my God. I'm on like season one, episode seven. I think that's about where oh, we stopped because it was Lord. getting a little too dark. I'm really enjoying it, but it's like, it's like somebody, uh, it's like somebody said, Breaking Bad, hold my beer. <laughs> See if we can ratchet it up a couple things. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, but it's quite enjoyable. 
Um, what the hell else are we doing? I watched uh, Matrix Resurrections. Right, you were mentioning. Yeah. You know, it's clever. It's, uh, but it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an in joke, or oh. not, not an in joke. Uh, not so much because it's not really a joke, but it is. Um, um, so, so there's this term that they talk about with, um, so you, you know how there's all these YouTubes after, um, uh, any kind of show that, oh, has yeah, a big yeah, fan. yeah. So they call it fan service where, right. which is where they do all these Easter eggs and all that stuff. Absolutely. And, um, this, um, this one plays upon that okay. hard Oh yeah. with a ton of fan service in it. And uh, it's kind of almost self-aware in a way. So right. it's, uh, it's remarkably, uh, it's better than I expected, especially given the reviews. Sure. So I was going like, oh man, they, they say this is kind of a letdown. And, and, and when I watched it, it wasn't so much. Oh, interesting. And uh, it was, I thought it was remarkably clever. Okay. Um, it did have some weaker parts of it, right. but in general, it was really well done. Okay. And um, I'll definitely have to give it a look. And uh, yeah, if you're a, if you're a big fan of the first ones, it, you'll you'll enjoy this. Okay, good. If you were not a fan of the first ones, you'll get lost. Yeah, no, I did. I very much enjoyed the first ones. So. Yeah, I think you. Okay. I think that's the thing. Is that if you're not familiar with the Matrix, you yeah. have no well, idea. You'd, you'd, totally you'd be, lost. be totally lost. Yeah, that's right. But why would you do that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well maybe that's probably maybe that's the problem. Uh, what else am I looking at? Well, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. That is uh, uh, excellent. Continues series. to be. Although I have to say, great. Anson Mount's hair is like, wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's all over the place, and he's uh, he's got quite a head of hair. He does. It's, I find it really interesting that uh, Rebecca Romjin. I think that's how. I you think pronounce they pronounce it Romaine. Romaine. Yeah. Uh, and Anson Mount, they're the same age. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're exactly. They're both forty nine. Really? And, uh, yeah. So uh, I thought maybe he was a little bit older than her. No, he's just got that silver hair. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great. Stuff. It's great. And uh, she's doing a great job. I I really enjoyed Una the last Chin one. Riley. Yeah. Yeah. The, I actually I really like these focusing on one or two characters yes. per episode kind of thing, and then telling a story. The episodic. You know, so the series, it's, like it's, every show, is it, it contained with a little bit of continuity. You know, we know that there's some. Like you were saying before, this whole construct of Pike knowing his fate and, and how that impacts him. Mm -hmm. So it's there's a continuous context oh, yeah. about each ep episode. And I, I have not validated this, but it, it does kind of make sense. Ethan Peck apparently is Gregory Peck's grandson. Really? That's what I heard. I've got he to does check a, out. He does a remarkably he good job. He does a job. really good Spock. I have to say that the, the actors that they've picked, and there's... You know, beyond Leonard Nimoy, there's three other actors that have played Spock at right. different ages. Yeah, a bunch of guys on the YouTube on YouTube uh, made uh, shows too. But. Well, I haven't seen those, but I, yeah. I will tell you that I am super impressed with the actors they've chosen. They've done a remarkable yeah. job yep. of getting kind of this particular uh, candor and uh, or the particular uh, diction and how he. You know how he says things. Yes, it's it's done really well. And yet he's not doing Nimoy because no, recognizing that the character is ten years ahead. And yeah, was more uh, uh, a little bit less stoic when or, he was younger. Or Zachary Quint 
Zachary Quinto, yeah. Quinto, and you know, he did a really good job as well, but it's a different It's take. more Nimoy-esque. Yeah. Like an older Spock. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm no, I'm totally enjoying the character uh uh development. Mm-hmm. The the one who plays young Uhura, I think is great. And uh, Christine Chapel, they've totally they've totally updated her. that character, she's, and a lot of people are complaining. But again, I'm like, she's eh, awesome. Come on, man. You know, let's have some Doctor Embenga. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. But I can't. You know, some people, I guess, have been. Was it Fox News that said? Uh, of course, it was well, Fox they're, News. They're that, quite reliable. It took. Uh, they're taking Star Trek where it's never been before. Woke and it, like. Yeah, immediately, a, there's a tsunami a, of comments. Like, give me a break. Fox doesn't understand Star Trek. Or have you guys I don't ever think watched they the show? They don't understand what woke means. That's right. Uh, a lot of people referencing back to the uh, "Let That Be Your Battlefield" from the original series, where like literally one guy is half black and half white, and the other guy is the opposite. Yeah, yeah. You know, like subtle. <laughs> 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 right yeah because w- so, it was left and right and yeah versus right and left yeah. and uh i mean they're basically exactly, exactly the same just uh, the other thing i'm doing is i'm 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 into my second jack reacher novel oh, yeah and uh i quite enjoy them well that's awesome yeah i mean it's not it's nothing complicated it's pretty formulaic but uh after having watched the show i can see why people like it it's just entertainment just like <laughs> turn off your brain and just enjoy did you watch the uh, jack reacher tv show i did yeah it was good loved it can't wait for season two now well and i guess in terms of media there's two other types of media that i'm consuming right now or i was on their trip my, oh yeah my son was a dj for a fair chunk of the trip and his music's okay it uh some of it was really quite entertaining uh, i'll have to share one in particular that I think you'll appreciate, uh, in particular, the lyrics okay. uh, from a, a group called T- Cave Town. And, um, um, and it's, it's very self-aware, especially for my son to, to appreciate this song because okay. it's, uh, it's all about a 14-year-old. And, um, uh, and the other thing is uh, hockey. I've been watching hockey. Ah, so yes. uh, I'll tell you. Uh, so today is... Um, what is it? It's May 20-something. 24th? 4th. Yeah. Um, it, um, it is, uh, the Oilers are up two games to one against the Flames in the second round. Um, so who knows where they'll be a week from today right. when we drop the, this episode. But uh, it, it was pretty exciting. I was in the airport. I was streaming it on my iPad <laughs> and, uh, and our flight was taken off and and it was like so as we were about to take off i had to turn on airplane mode just Ooh, as ouch. just as smith got hit by a Lucic and was walking off because he had to go to the quiet room right so that was a pretty exciting moment um or pretty quite the cliffhanger yeah 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 yeah, yeah absolutely so and they said that they would tell us what the result was and if they did i didn't hear it but but as soon as I land, I'm just like, what happened? Yes, what of happened? course. So, wow. So that's pretty exciting. So they cool. tonight they'll have another game. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm enjoying it. You know, I used to be a season ticket holder for the Oilers. So yeah, um, you were part of the Copper Jackets. Yeah, and all for that a stuff. long, yeah. long time. And uh, 
I'm just not comfortable being in a sea of unmasked people. <sighs> uh, Isn't that the truth? At a hockey game. Uh, so, you know, it's trying to balance this out. And it, it's not, you know, I mean, I had COVID fairly recently. Yeah. But, but uh, um, you can get it again. And there's just. Now you can so get the monkeypox, too. <laughs> as if as if we didn't have enough to worry yeah, about exactly uh but anyway so so i'm and i have to say when i saw the playoff run when they they went to game seven of the uh of the stanley cup um against carolina um that place was raucous like yes. this was in when was that again it was in the coliseum 2006 okay this was a so long a time back, ago yeah. but um i mean the difference between a, a regular season game and a playoff game it's it's hard oh it's to, uh, well especially at that it, at that stage but of it's the playoffs. The, it's so loud it's yeah like so loud yeah. in there and no, it's, it's just so crazy right. and even uh the more recent playoffs friends <laughs> they were they were really exciting to go to and then yep. yeah i'm just not i would love to be there but I'm not prepared. Want to take a chance. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All uh, right. Anyway, that's it. There uh, you go. So this is season, concludes our first uh, 52 episodes. 52 episodes. Season yeah. one in the bag. Yeah. And uh, so next season. So if you played all of those, if you shuffle those episodes <laughs> and, and played them at random, you would never play the, the, the same two to the same way in a in a in a in a 14 billion years <laughs> wild yeah, that is a that is an excellent way to end this episode <laughs> all right anyway so uh i'll see you next season yeah we're gonna do something different for that first we're gonna try show. and see if we can set it up for a live stream yeah. uh we may have some technical difficulties but we're gonna try and see well we it'll do. be it'll be video even if it's recorded yeah so. yeah yep. right on mike excellent. have a great week okay bye too. take care bye